Uh, what a, uh, I, uh, when Brother Dave would plan on singing this song, I don't think he, he knew at the time uh, what uh, our theme was going to be for the year. And so, uh, but uh, it's amazing how the Lord just intertwines everything. Amen. And uh, so, praise the Lord. Uh, we're going to, of course, preach on the theme. By the way, I hope you like the new banner. And uh, my uh, pastor friend, Pastor Swarga from Terre Haute, Indiana, uh, he always designs our banners, does a great job doing it. And so, he captured exactly uh, what I was wanting to capture as far as for our theme for the year. For this is the victory, even our faith. Amen? So if you find your place, stand with me. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And of course, I'm going to preach through this passage this morning. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. The Bible says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that beget, loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith." Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Let's pray. Lord, we love you this morning. Thank you for the truth. Thank you, Lord, for the Bible, the Word of God. And I ask that you'd speak to us this morning. Lord, we need to hear from you. Lord, the folks didn't come to hear from me today. They come to hear from you. And Lord, I pray that you would be active in our midst, Spirit of God. I pray that you would uh, work on hearts. Lord, as I pray every week, if someone doesn't know you as their personal Savior, they would accept you today before it's eternally too late. Those of us that are saved, God, I pray we'd allow the Word of God to, to change us and help us and make us better for you. We love you now. We thank you for it. We ask it in your precious and holy name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now what we see through this passage, we uh, see several things uh, in here, particularly in verse 4. Uh, notice the different words that you see in verse 4. You see the word overcometh. You see the word victory. And again, the word overcometh again. Again, in verse 5. And you see those words in there. And you know what all those words are talking about? They're talking about winning. Amen? They're talking about winning. I don't know about you, but I like to win. Amen? I like to win. And I like to be the one that comes out on top. I don't believe for one second that uh, political correct mantra of the day, that it doesn't matter whether you win or lose, it just matters how you play the game. And I don't believe that whatsoever, amen? In fact, I saw that in some of your eyes when we played this game, the games here on Friday night. My goodness, some of the look and some of you senior saints, when you had that, that, that uh, foam snowball in your hand, man, that crazed look. I'm like, what in the world? Especially uh, when Miss Laurel got beaten right in the head, you know. I saw her pick that thing up, look around, and uh, no, just kidding. Sort of, amen, sort of. And uh, But no, listen to me. You should want to win, amen? You should want to win. Listen, folks, God wants for us to win. In fact, just by being part of the family of God, you know what that means? That means we're going to come out on the top of this thing, Amen? But I don't want to just win when I get to heaven. I want to win and experience victory all throughout the Christian life. Amen? And by the way, so does God want that for you as well. Now there is a formula 
for victory. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. We're going to break down verse 4 and talk about the formula for victory. Now listen, if you want to be good at something, if you want to be a good athlete, if you want to be good at anything you put your hand to, you know what it takes? It takes hard work. It takes the fact that you got to train hard, you got to practice hard, and you got to be willing to give it your all. Listen to me. A half-in, half-out mentality doesn't add up to a formula for success. Amen? you got to be all in on this thing. Again, what's the Bible say? Verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, I like those words there. By the way, that's why it's important for us to study the Bible. Words mean something. Amen? Words mean something. And those words, if you look them up, the word overcometh is a verb. And it means this. It means to subdue, conquer, prevail, get the victory. Amen? And that word victory, of course, is a noun. It means to conquest. It means a conquest, a means to success. What I want us to do this year as we go throughout 2022, as the Lord allows us to live this year according to His will, listen, I want us to experience victory in our lives. Amen? I mean, every aspect of our lives, from, from our family life to the relationship uh, with spouses and relationships with children and children to parents and, and uh, even within our own church and, and everything that you're involved in, folks, listen to me. I want you to experience the victory that God wants for you to win. But here's the thing. Just because you want to win doesn't necessarily mean you're going to. Because by the way, you know what's going to happen? You're going to find out, almost, and this is true in any competition, there's another side that wants to win as well. And by the way, you know what, as Christians, there's another side that's opposing us that they want to win too. And here's the thing, if you're going to win, you must follow the formula. So let me give you several things this morning as I preach through verse 4. And here's the title of the message. It's, it's what the theme is. For this is the victory, even our faith. Alright, let me give you three particular things this morning. Number one is this, realize our ability to overcome. Realize our ability to overcome. Notice what the Bible says. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh. Let me tell you what that means, folks. It means this, that overcoming is part of our reborn nature. Amen? Overcoming is part of our reborn nature. Now, some amazing things happen to us when we get saved. I mean, I could preach uh, uh, through uh, each one could be a message. All right, so many amazing things happen to us when we get when we get saved. Now, remember something, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this tonight and give you some very practical things that will help you in the new year uh, tonight. Uh, but uh, I've taught you this before. But as as human beings, we are triune creatures. Amen. Just as our God is a triune God, we are triune. That means this, we have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. Now again, I'm I'm not telling you something I've never taught you before, but I'm just going to review uh, so you'll understand where we're going with this. Remember this, before you're saved, guess what? Your spirit is dead. The Bible says we are dead in trespasses and sin. But you know what? Here's what happens the moment we get saved. Here's the first thing, is this, your spirit or our spirit is made alive, amen? Amen. Our spirits made made alive. That's why you hear the term Jesus said, you must be born again. Well, what part gets reborn? It's your spirit that gets reborn. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, For as in Adam all die. He's talking about this because of flesh, because of the Adamic nature that every single one of us is born with. You know what comes along with that? Death comes along with that. Amen? Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. 
There's another word in the Bible that means to be made alive. That's the word quicken. Ephesians chapter 2. And you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Colossians 2.13. And you being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. Amen. Listen to me, folks. Before we were saved, the spiritual part of us is as dead as a doornail. All right? It's lifeless. That's why the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 2.14, that the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. You know why the natural man can't? Because the, the spiritual part is dead. All right? And the Bible says it's foolishness unto them. That's why folks that don't know the Lord think we as Christians are crazy. They think we're nuts. They don't get what we do. All right? They don't understand. Well, why in the world is a Christian? Would you, would you, you know, here's what they say. Your only day off, you know? Hell, Sunday's my only day off, all right? Why would you uh, take that and go to church? And then, if that wasn't enough, you'd go back in the evening time? What's wrong with you? All right? And then, you would in the midweek? <gasps> what in the world? You've worked all week. Don't you understand that that just doesn't make sense? No, it doesn't make sense to this lost and crazy world. Amen? And by the way, folks, it's not mean that we're against them. It's just they don't know the Lord. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Amen? You know why? Because their spirit is dead. By the way, listen, before we get too proud and, and cocky about that, guess what? Before we got saved, our spirit was dead as well. Amen. And you know what happened to us folks when we got saved? Aren't you glad that we got born again and our spirit was made alive? Amen? But that's not all that happened. How about this? We receive a new nature. Now again, I love how the Lord does this. Uh, If you have a bulletin this morning and you look at your bulletin, uh, it talks about all things are become new. I had no idea. I didn't plan that. In fact, because my printer is out of ink, I didn't even print the bulletins until about 15 minutes before you got here. I had no idea what they said. Isn't it amazing how the Lord ties all this together? Amen? Listen, not only does your spirit get made alive when you get saved. Hey, listen, we receive a new nature. Amen? I love it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And that's why when you get saved, guess what? Things change. Amen? A transformation has happened. And God begins to change us from the inside out. Hey, Those desires that we used to have, guess what? They're changing now. Amen? The things we used to think were what the flesh would think was fun, the flesh would uh, consider to be uh, pleasurable, guess what? It changes now that we're Christians. Amen? Because we receive a new nature. But not only that, and this is where I'm getting to this morning is this, when we get saved, folks, don't miss this, we receive power. We receive power. It's kind of like, all right, I'm going to use this word. You might get nervous when I say this. It's kind of like a superpower. You ever played that game before? Man, man, what, what, what superhero would you want to be? What superpower would you want to have? I remember my boys talking about that all the time. Well, if I could pick a superpower, it'd be this, it'd be that. Well, let me say this, folks. You know what? I don't know that I would call it a superpower. Here's what I would call it, spiritual power. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. Don't miss this. When you get saved, God gives you some power. Amen? Acts chapter 1, verse 8, pretty famous verse we use a lot around here. But ye shall receive 
power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us that we who believe according to the working of His mighty power? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now to him that is able to exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Let me tell you something, folks. Listen to me. And I understand. We talk a lot about the old nature. And we talk about the pull sometimes it has on us. And we talk about the flesh and the power of the flesh. Hey, why don't we stop talking about the power of the flesh and start talking about the power of the newborn nature. Amen? Amen. I'm going to tell you something, folks. God gives us that power when we get saved. In fact, if you look up that word power, it's a very, very interesting word. I've, again, I've taught you this before. It comes from the Greek word dunamis. And you know what English word we get from the word dunamis? How about this? Dynamite. Dynamite. Now, if you've ever been around an explosion, especially something to do with dynamite, you understand dynamite's got some power, Right? I mean, dynamite can do things that most things can't do. It can, it can move things. It can change things. It, can, it causes reactions. Amen? And let me tell you what the Bible tells us is that as Christians, when we get saved, we get the power that comes from God. The dunamis, dynamite power of God. Amen? I'm going to tell you something, folks. You need to get this in your mind. You need to get this in your heart. You need to understand this so as a Christian, you can start winning where you've been losing. Amen? How about this verse? And this is the verse that we used from our theme last year. But again, this is interesting when I study this out. Finding my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now that word power there, it's not the same word used in the, in the power of the other verses. That word power comes from a Greek word that means great dominion, mighty power and strength. And let me tell you what that means, folks, alright? Can you hand a little depth, a spiritual depth this morning, alright? I'm going to give you some spiritual depthness right here, okay? All right? In fact, I want you to turn over there. I want you to see this. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And again, folks, I'm giving you a mindset for victory because within your newborn nature is this power that God has given us. Amen? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Don't miss this truth. This is a powerful truth right here. Amen? Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 4 through 6. Again, what's that word power mean? It means great dominion. It means mighty power. It means strength. Notice what it says here in verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. Now these are things that we've already talked about. Amen? Uh, that we're saved by God's mercy. We're saved by His love. We were dead. He hath made us alive together with Christ through grace. Amen? That, that's how we're saved, by the way. Not because we deserve it, but because He loves us. Because of His grace. Because of His mercy. Amen? Now look at verse 6. Man, this is powerful. And hath raised us up together. Now think about this for a minute. What's the word together mean? It means with somebody, right? So we are raised up with somebody. 
Who are we raised up with? Well, He's going to tell us. And made us, listen to this, sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want you to think about this for a minute. Right now, okay, where is Jesus Christ seated? Right hand of the Father, right? Do you think Jesus sitting at the right hand of of His Father, that that throne that God sits on and with Christ sitting beside Him on His throne beside the Father, do you think Christ has power? Well, the Bible says He has so much power that by Him all things consist. So you know what that means? If Jesus Christ would think a thought, everything would melt into oblivion. Because He is the consistent of everything. Okay? So yes, we could say that Christ has great power seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, don't miss what this says, because we're not just talking about His power. Notice what it says again in verse 6. Has raised us up together. So with Him, and what's He done is He raised us up, made us sit together. Wow! In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you know what that means? Beside the Father is Christ the Son. And guess who's got a seat right beside Christ the Son? We do as Christians. You know what that speaks of, folks? That speaks of the delegated authority that God gives us through Christ to live the Christian life. So here's the thing. Why are we losing? Why aren't we getting victory over, as our, our, our text says, the world? Why aren't we getting victory over the flesh? Why aren't we getting victory over the devil? Are you kidding me? God has equipped us to win. It's part of our newborn nature. Amen? Now, I don't know about y'all. When I, when I, I just about danced the jig on top of my desk last night when I studied that out. I mean, man, I'm telling you, that was a powerful truth that the Lord showed me through His Word. And you know what I hope we get understand, folks, is that that power that is given to Christ is available to us. Amen? So realize the power to overcome. Now how about this, number two then? If we go to the next step. Access the power to overcome. Now just because there's power there doesn't necessarily mean every Christian overcomes. And you know, we know that's true because I, I, sad to say, I see a lot of Christians on the losing side. And I hate to say that, folks. But listen to me, you are shortchanging yourself. You are robbing yourself of a life God wants you to live if you're not winning spiritually in your Christian life. Because there is power available, but you know what you've got to do? Access it. Access it. Again, notice what it talks about back in in our text here in 1 John uh, chapter 5. Notice what he says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Again, what's that word overcome mean? We see it used twice in that verse. It means to subdue. It means to conquer. It means to prevail. It means to get the victory. So here's what that means. There is spiritual power available to subdue, conquer, prevail, and get the victory if we choose to access it. If we choose to access it. For example, all right, simple illustration. All around this room, there's some things in the wall. You know what those are called? Outlets. Right? Now, you know what is flowing through those outlets? Not that one, because that one didn't get connected up right when we hooked it up over here, okay? But all the rest of them, all right? You know what's flowing through those things right there? Power. Right? Power's flowing through those things. But here's the thing. It does no good unless you hook yourself up to the power, right? Does no good unless you access the power that's available. And let me tell you what we got. To, we need to be doing as Christians, folks. There is power available, but we must learn to access it. Let me t- t- show you another powerful passage of Scripture. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 
I want you to see here what the Bible has to say about this power that's available. When the Bible refers to it also as weapons, if you will. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and look what we see here in verse 3 through 5. These are some powerful verses when it's dealing with spiritual warfare. Notice what he says, For we walk in the flesh. Now he's talking about the life we live here on earth, okay? God has given us a body to live here on earth, and it's, you know what it is? it's a fleshly body. We're not living in a spiritual body right now. We're living in a fleshly body. So we, uh, though, though we walk in the flesh, and notice what he says here, we do not war after the flesh. So here's what he's talking about, okay? We're not, as a Christian, involved in a fleshly war. We're involved in a spiritual war. By the way, folks, you know what? All around us right now is a world we can't see. By the way, the Bible says that when God created the worlds, plural. What's he talking about? The worlds. This isn't the only world God created. This isn't the only world where people live. There is an invisible creation, a spiritual world all around us. And right now, in our flesh, we can't see into it, but we can see it through faith, amen, through the Word of God. So we're fighting here, and we're not worn after the flesh. Now, think about this for a minute. How in the world, as a Christian, do you do battle against an enemy you cannot see? How in the world do you do battle against an enemy that's more powerful than you, by the way, that's been at it a lot longer than we have, and have any chance of succeeding? How do we do that? Well, he tells us right here, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. What that means, they're not of this world. Okay? Now, I'm a weapons guy. Okay? I like my Glocks. I like my SIGs. I like all that stuff. But guess what? No 9mm will do me any chance against the spirit world. Zero. None. Okay, because the weapons we got to fight with aren't of this world, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. See what he tells us there? God has given us some mighty weapons, some mighty power that's available if we will access it. By the way, that word mighty, another interesting word. It comes from another Greek word that's closely related to the word dunamis, and it means powerful, it means capable. Hey, how about this? It means possible. See, what that means is this. It's possible to overcome. It's possible to win a great victory if we access the power God has given to us. Amen? Now, here's the problem as Christians, all right? I'll tell you why we're not overcoming, why we're not having victory. We're accessing the wrong power. That's why. Very simple. Okay? All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. What's the Bible say? For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal. Ephesians 6, 12. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Let me tell you why we're not winning. Because we're trying to do it in the power of the flesh. And I'm going to tell you something right now, folks. You will never live a successful Christian life apart from the power of God. It is impossible to do. Amen? And so that's why we're not winning. Because we're not accessing the power that God has given us. What is it we learned last year? That we're to be strong in the Lord and the power of whose might? His mind. Amen? What's the Bible say in uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 13? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Romans 15, verse 19. By the power of the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 4. With the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, folks, this is not power that you can just sit and muster and, and try to think about and get. That's not how it happens. Amen? It's a power that's given us as we access it through God in His Word, through the Holy Spirit, through what God gives us. Amen? It's the power of God that He gives us that can flow through us. Amen? So number one, realize the ability to overcome. 
Number two, access to power to overcome. And then last of all, number three, and this is the key to it all, exercise the faith to overcome. Okay, again, what's the Bible say? Back to our text verse. And you can, if you don't have it there, look behind me on the wall. What's it say? And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith. It's kind of like this, all right? Uh, maybe at home you have a place where you keep all your weapons. Maybe it's in a gun safe, all right? Now listen, all the power of those weapons are in the safe, okay? But you know what? You've got to be able to access the, uh, the safe. And you know how you access it? You access it through the code, right? Or through the key that unlocks the safe. Well, guess what, folks? Faith is the key. Faith is the code that unlocks the safe to the power of God. It has to be through faith. By the way, faith is one of those, sad to say, has become one of those uh, uh, mysterious words, if you will. Ooh, faith. It's like a spooky word, you know? Faith. Well, let me tell you something, folks. Quit complicating what faith is. By the way, you know what faith is? It's a verb. Okay, it's a verb. All right? Let me tell you what that means. All right? Um, Take your Bibles. Flip over, if you will. And again, I've taught you this before. This is nothing new, but you need to see it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. If you're going to access the power, you've got to exercise faith to have it. Amen? Faith is the key to winning in the Christian life. By the way, think about this for a minute. Just in the New Testament alone, you know the word faith is used 245 times? Did you realize that? Think about it. 245 times. Now, here's what I will say. If God says it was, it's important because it's in His Word, right? But if God repeats something over and over and over, you know what He's saying to us? Hey, Christian, get it! Amen? Get what I'm trying to say to you. Here's just a few passages where it talks about faith. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 14, 23. For whatsoever is not of sin, of faith is sin. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith... It's impossible to please Him. So what is faith? Alright, you there? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The Bible defines what faith is. Now faith is. Okay, so here it is. You ready? It's this mystical feeling you get over you when you, when you sit with candles and, and meditate. Is that what it says? No! Unless you're reading the Message Bible, it might say it in there. I don't know. Alright? Here's what it is. Now faith is. You ready? The substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. See what faith is, folks? It's substance and it's evidence. Think about that for substance. You know what substance is? Something tangible. This pulpit is substance. Okay? What is evidence? Evidence in a court of law? It's something that can be brought forth to prove something, right? So here's the thing, folks. Faith is substance, faith is evidence, and based upon Hebrews chapter 11, you know what faith is? Here's a very simple Bible definition of faith. It is your belief and confidence in God that spurs you to action. That's faith. It's your belief and confidence in God that spurs you to action. Why does the Bible say, for, for by grace are you saved through faith? Okay? Now we understand it's the grace of God that allows us to be saved, but you must choose to put your faith in what Jesus Christ did on the cross. By the way, what's that mean? That means this. I look to Jesus Christ. I look to Him alone. I understand I can't save myself. I realize that I'm a sinner. And by faith, I declare the fact that I believe on Jesus Christ. I choose to put my faith and trust in Him to get me to heaven and Him alone. That's faith. By the way, everybody has faith. Sure they do. Atheists have faith. Did you know that? 
Anytime I meet an atheist or an evolutionist, and they're all like, well, I'm an atheist, I'm an evolutionist, I will say this, let me shake your hand. you got way more faith than I do. Because you know what, folks? It's a matter of what your faith's in. You know what? You know, an atheist has faith in? Themselves. You know an evolutionist has faith in? Science, which is a bunch of baloney anyway, because true science doesn't prove evolution. It disproves it, amen? But that's what they say. Science falsely so-called is what the Bible calls it, Amen? Listen, everybody has faith in something, but as a Christian, I choose to put my faith and trust in God and His Word, and then when I put my faith and trust in God and His Word, you know what it does? It spurs me to action. Because I begin applying the Bible to my life. Amen? So, what's the Bible say about faith? Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, it tells us we've got to stand by faith. Amen? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it tells us we must walk by faith. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, we must live by faith. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9, we must resist the devil by faith. So let me tell you what that means is this. Faith in the Christian life is not shopping once. Once you, once you buy it once, you have it for as long as you want. Okay, now I understand our initial faith in Jesus Christ saves us forever. I'm not talking about a works-based salvation. The Bible does not teach that you can lose your salvation, by the way. Amen? Because it's a gift of God. When God gives you a gift, by the way, that gift had nothing to do with you or me. Nothing. Jesus paid it all. Amen? All to Him I owe. Alright? Jesus paid it all. So when I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ and He gives me the gift, I have the gift of eternal life. But here's the thing. As a Christian... I can either be weak in faith. In fact, the Bible talks about that. The Bible talks about in the Gospels people who had no faith, people who had little faith, people who had much faith. What's the difference? The difference is whether or not I choose to exercise my faith and I allow my faith to grow. So here's what it all comes down to, church. You ready? Very simple message. If you want to experience victory, if you want to overcome, then you must allow your faith to grow. Because faith is the key that allows you to win in the Christian life. Again, folks, the, the, uh, the provision's there. God's already provided for it. God's already provided the power for it. It's whether or not we have the faith enough to believe and to obey. Because it's not just about what we say, folks. It's about what we do. Amen? And again, I'm not talking about working to get to heaven. I'm talking about faith in the Christian life. What's the Bible saying in the book of James? Faith without works is what? Dead. Oh, tell me you got faith in God. If you can't even as a Christian spend time in the Word of God, spend time in prayer, you're, you're sporadic in your church attendance, don't tell me you have a lot of faith in God. Because you know what? What you say isn't backed up by what you live. It matters to God. Amen? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the what? Word of God. Faith is proved by obedience. Amen? I'm going to tell you, the more you obey, the more you have faith in God and His Word, then you know what you're going to find out is going to happen? You're going to start winning more. Amen? You're going to start having more victories. Now, truth be told, we're not going to win every time, every single time. We ought to want to win. We should try hard. We're going to lose from time to time. But truth be told, we ought to be winning more than we're losing when it comes to the things of the Christian life. Amen? And so I hope this morning I whet your appetite a little bit for some of the preaching, the direction we're going to go this year, because I'm going to give you some very simple biblical truth that's going to help you how to your faith to grow, how your faith to increase. I'm going to give you truths about victory. I'm going to give you truths about winning. By the way, sometimes to understand how to win, you know what you got to understand? How we lost. Right? you got to understand what, why I lost. Analyze the, 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 the situations where we lose in so we can learn from it and then win from it. Amen? So this is our victory even 
our faith. Let's pray. Lord, we love you.